0: Welcome everybody, my name is Toss Roundnet, and with me today, the one and only Scott
1: Peaks. No Mike White today, unfortunately the times clash, Um, but myself and Tops are here to record episode 21 of that Roundnet podcast.
0: And I'm very happy to be here, Scott. What is the first question for me? (laughs) How was your nap? Uh, my nap was pretty good. I'm a bit dizzy still. You know, when you have a long night and you can't sleep because sometimes alcohol, um, oh, the drinks keep you awake all night. And <laughs> yeah,
1: that happens. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you all of you listeners a little story. So if you ever wanted to get a free thing object off a friend, just say that you're going to do something with this object for a while. Do it. And then as soon as one of your friends then give you this object, then just cancel the deal and then just don't say anything. What I've I'm saying right story. here is in the early summer, Scott <laughs> messaged me and was like, oh, hey guys. um, oh, Sorry, he messaged me and was like, hey, Scott, you know what would be really <clears> cool? If we exchange USBs with footage and photos and quotes and stuff that we want to share with just each other. And every time we see each other, we're just going to, you know, give each other our USB so we can update them and then give them back to each other every time we see each other. I thought, oh, what a cool idea. We We messed it up the first time. Second time we saw each other. I gave Tops my USB stick. that I put a lot of effort in creating some content to put on there for him. And then he was like, oh, this is too hard. And then he forgot to give me his (laughs) USB stick. I did not. And then he's like, this this is too hard. So now he has a 32 gigabyte USB stick,
0: which he needs to give me back. And that's, ladies and gentlemen, how to scam your friends. (laughs) If you want to know more about this, join my WhatsApp group. (laughs) No, man. No, I'm still here. Yeah, I know I suck at this, but I will. Is it okay if we transfer it to you? Oh, and you know, we send
1: me loads of files. No, yes. it's not the same. Not the same. No, okay, I, okay I
0: will send you a card. Okay, I will send you a card with a USB. How about you
1: just send me my USB Steam back?
0: No, it's now mine. I sent you a, a worse USB stick. You get that one. <laughs> Eight gigabyte USB Steam. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh. Uh, right. I got free. To the point. Okay. To the point. Yes. Um, let's talk a little about Columbus because we had the oh, yes. fifth and final. Spikeball major of 2023 last weekend was you able to watch and keep updated with most of the uh yeah events stuff happening
0: for me it was in the middle of the night so no i rewatched some footage and it felt like there were like when i rewatched the semis it feels like they're not super not a lot of people i like the camera angles and yeah i watched the games obviously and i did see rogue uh oh yeah i did I don't want to spoil it yet, but I did watch a fair bit, but in hindsight.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I only watched the finals live. I was keeping updated throughout the day via Twingo, And it's been pretty hard to get that much insight from the tournament from other sources since the tournament's happened. I mean, this is a, yeah. kind of a bigger discussion and we talked about this the other day, but it's like, it's like all teams need to be making, in my opinion, more of an effort to like recap the tournaments and the events like if you look yeah. at other sports like i don't know pickleball or even football or you know any other professional sport they're like you know athletes within that sport is sort of having an experience and then they post about it a recap or they do whatever and they let people know their experience but that be you know rogue can come bad combo you know they they won't just create little content from it they like do like a recap of their thoughts and then everyone gets to know and gets a little bit of insight into what happened at the event versus it feels like what we have right now is we just have a live stream and if you miss the live stream unlucky you you sort of you don't really get to see it experience it understand what happened and now it's really hard to follow from the outside perspective I don't know what you think yeah say, it's like we awesome. are
0: already in the we are already in the niche and you make it even harder to follow if nobody is like posting something about the event or something, what is going on. And it's just it feels like missed potential there. And it's basically if you don't know that it's will stream it, you won't figure out that there is the major or something like that. Because not a lot of teams post anything. It's just not possible to keep up. And also on the Foin um yeah, it's a bit tricky to to, to keep up. Um Even if you're as much invested as we are, (laughs) and that means a lot.
1: Yeah, it's like, you know, one of the reasons why we started, you know, that Roundnet podcast in the beginning, and, you know, one of the things I've preached since I've come on and played and been involved in the community and in round there is that make it as easy as possible for people to follow. It doesn't mean they have to follow it, but at least given the opportunity to follow it, it feels like we're making it difficult in some ways for people to follow the event. If they didn't follow the stream, then they're staying updated with Fwango. That's not always updated. And even if the Fuego is updated, you want more of an insight into what happened at the event. It's now, you know, we're recording on Tuesday now. Um, Everything happened on the Saturday and Sunday, and we still really haven't seen anything. I'm sure over the coming weeks, we're going to see some points and some reels. But, like, if in, like, the most, in the nicest way, but also, like, the bluntest way. Like, if teams want to get sponsorship and teams want to, like, grow their following slash, you know, their, their social media, then you have to, like you have to let people, uh, give people insights into the event. Now, whether they like it or whether they follow it or not, that's another that's another thing. But like, at least give that give people the opportunity to get an insight. Like, I'd love to yeah. know what Rogue's thoughts are right now after the event. You know, we're going to talk about obviously them missing out and going out in the semi finals against uh, Bad Combo. But like, I would love for them to put a post and just put a couple of, you know, thoughts in after the event. Same thing with Bad Combo, you know, same thing with Kingdom Come. It just feels like, all teams could do a bit of a better job with, you know, posting their experiences and insights, especially if they want to get, you know, sponsors for next season. You you have to you have you have to sort of do this. Maybe they don't enjoy it. Some people will enjoy it, but you have to do do this work, in my opinion, to make it accessible for people to follow the sport. I don't know if you're saying yeah, otherwise, same people.
0: Yeah. No, it's it's exactly like that. I mean, I I like that. Uh, poor Combiar when they went overseas, they even did make twitch like page so they could stream their games because people at home obviously were super super in it and and wanted to see how they perform and how they play and when they were not on the official stream they could stream their own games and i'm I'm not saying that is necessary but something like just a few posts a little bit i know at the event there's a lot going on and stuff but um yeah it's sometimes there is even not even the score in the FWENGO or it will get updated next few days or something like that and if you are I don't know watching any other sport it's just kind of okay you can figure out at any point what is happening at the event right now and for us at the moment it's not possible and that's just kind of uh, yeah
1: it just eventually just it, you lose you lose the little bit of that motivation to follow the event if you know that you're gonna have to work so hard to keep updated with it again we've talked about this before yeah. make it as easy as possible for people to follow now even if, if you know Tour series or you know people only 50 people in the world want to follow the spikeball tour series or fifty thousand in you know three years time either way at least yeah. give people the opportunity and i know that's not a, a bash at spikeball tour series or the stream i mean the stream was great um from what i saw on the finals um but it's just yeah it's giving people that accessibility and the same on teams like teams if you don't want to post them it'd be really nice if you give people that insight into how the event went for you as a team um yeah true uh, I'd, really I'd, quick I'd question
0: when you when you try to search for the event how do you figure out how how you get there because i, I struggle sometimes because on Fuego there's all automatically this filter 500 kilometers from your way and yeah. then i need to search the major and there's no real search function or something. It's just barely. I yeah. try to find Spikeball as an organized, uh, organizing uh, host. And then I go over there to the major that I want to see. Is there a better way?
1: Yeah, not really. Like, or do me, I have... For me, I just type in where the location of the event is. So if I know it's in Columbus, I'm just going to write Columbus. And then all the events in that area will come up immediately. And then I can just click the major. It's like... Yeah. It would be good if there was like a favorite tab or like a favorite bar where you could just the events one time you go in there you can just click a favorite and then it will be at the top of your dashboard as soon as you enter fuego and then you can just go back and forth and click that event all the time until it will be so it. much easier
0: i was yeah. like i had so, already struggles finding the event because normally normally how i do it when i stream an event i remember the fuego link with the mm-hmm. so io slash and then yep. like major to lose yep. would be yeah yeah. Uh, because then I'm quick and also could uh, can put it in uh, you know links and stuff. And for this one, it was Columbus twenty twenty three, and I searched major Columbus, uh, Columbus major stuff like that. Couldn't find it, and I was like, oh man, <laughs> this needs to get somehow better. I, I just struggle to find results.
1: Yeah, I just think a favorite a favorite tab or a favorite bar would really benefit Fuego in in that regard, and also it frustrates me on a Sunday, on the, it doesn't show up you have to then have to go on the additional search and type in previous events for the event to come up on fuango because it starts on the saturday and officially sort of ends for fuango's sake on the saturday so it means you have to go to previous events to find the event that's happening today on the sunday i mean hopefully it's an easy fix but and that's too maybe good fix website to happen but again just make already made big strides in flango in general because it's a great website that yeah the people or so many communities and you know places around the world are it, which is great if it was made just a small minor details to make it better to improve the yeah maybe workplace. yeah
0: maybe if you just um if you put uh the majors like uh, a banner hey a major is happening or something like that if just so you could can click on it can you hear that in the background my window is open yeah. people get crazy outside i think it's a football match Love it. Let me close them.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. I'm making a podcast. There's a lot of... Things getting crazy outside. Damn. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's in the middle of the sea, guys. <laughs> okay. I want yeah. to, to have that on a major. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. Um,
1: but let's switch topics and let's get into the major itself. Let's start by yes. talking uh, about the premier category in uh, in Columbus because we did have some upsets and some interesting results. If we already break yeah. it down, I, I first of all want to name in the round of thirty-two, we had uh Chis- Chiswick Showalter, um sorry PJ Showalter and Tyler Chiswick. uh Chiswick Showalter, the team very known for winning like you know ridiculous amount of uh, national titles over the past few years. They yeah. actually teamed up again and came and played the Columbus Major together and managed to just squeeze through as a thirty-two seed. Making the upper bracket to then play against Judgment Day of Frederick and uh, Gabe, where they lost in 21-19. But really cool that they returned and yeah competed with the best of the current uh yeah the current pool of players that the it has to offer right now.
0: I would have liked to see that match honestly. Yeah, I it would like be very I interesting.
1: Yep. Um. Then moving on with the tournament. If we just dive into the round of 16 quickly, we didn't really have too many upsets. We had a critical hit beat T- uh, Mermaid Sparkle in three uh, in the round of 16. All other results went as expected with the higher seed other than assistive touch beating Bot House, with assistive touch going in as a 10th seed and bothouse going in as the seventh uh, assistive touch of Buddy and Clark winning 21-16, 23-21 after winning their round of 32 in three. <laughs> um shout out to chase meyer and tyler fernandez winning the first set but then losing the second and third set um in three in the round of 32 but this is where it gets interesting for me is uh we then have the quarterfinals we have judgment the critical hit in system the spotless rogue the assistive touch and then kingdom come versus bad combo and I don't know about you, tops, but I think quite a few of these matchups went not in the way that I'd expect, but all of them were pretty close. Um, yeah, we had Judgment Day right winning over Critical Hit in two quite comfortably. I don't know if that surprised you, but it surprised me a little bit that it was that as comfortable me, as it was. Yeah, it's
0: for me, it's it's quite it's a, it's upset i mean it's not a huge upset but it's uh, it's uh, upset because critical hit also was performing well well the last majors i mean back to back second place I mm-hmm. yeah and indeed
1: i mean it's not a surprise it's was... not an upset in itself it's just yeah. the manner of 15 16 it's i mean it's harder to to really analyze the game when we haven't seen it but i mean 15 and 16 and in, in 2 is a slight surprise after critical hit's really good run uh, these past few weeks, especially after the Philly Major, where they lost in lost to Rogue um, 2, I believe, but two close games.
0: Yeah, and then we had the uh, in System winning against DRP Spotless in 3, which is, like, this game could go either side. I feel like if, if they match up, it's every time very close and just can't get a, a, on, like, the win can get, can go on any side.
1: Agreed, although with and... the third set being 21-11 is a bit of a surprise again
0: yeah it looks it looks quite upsetting 21 11 is, is quite crazy but i guess there were some serving strikes you know and then it's not easy to come back if you have five six points and you just you know uh this is not going to go in our favor and you just that feels like your score looks like the game went that way but i i didn't see it so i can't really tell and the next up, we have uh, Rogue and Assistive Touch, like a, a big matchup for me, like a personally very interesting matchup. And first set went 25 23, which is a very close game. Then it was 21 16 in favor of Assistive Touch. And the third set went to Rogue again, 21 17, which also shows this Assistive Touch maybe also for championships, uh, still um, a top team.
1: The only thing I would say is that Rogue have dropped quite a lot of sets recently, even though they've won pretty much everything up until this weekend. uh, They had dropped quite a few sets to different teams, Uh, Full Damage, Kingdom Come, I believe, um, as well as a few other teams in there. So the fact that um, they dropped the set via sister Touch isn't too surprising, um, but it was definitely a matchup that a lot of people were waiting for and it sounded like and seems like it was definitely a matchup worth watching.
0: Yeah. And then the last game was, I don't know, Kingdom Come has a weird name on Fuego. Is there a certain reason for it?
1: No, I, yeah, maybe an inside joke. I th- okay, but-
0: GFD, grass, fat, Uh, maybe they lost a bet, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Uh, against Bad Combo, and Bad Combo taking it in 2, 21, and 22.
1: Yeah, not, again, not a huge surprise. I think most of the times when you see those teams match up, it's going to go be pretty close matchups and i mean both were both were decided in extras you know not in extras but 21 19 22 20 so very close games but um it was interesting to me because um i was following flyingo at this point and i saw that rogue had dropped a set in uh, pool play because there was power pools of course and the only team they dropped a the set to was bad combo and then i was looking mm. at the graph here and i saw that if Bad combo were to win over Kingdom Come, which they haven't always done. I mean, Kingdom Come have always gotten around the quarterfinals, semi finals, and then won, you know, a few uh, or got, you know, even further at challenges or smaller events. So it was definitely interesting to see which one of these teams would make semis. And with it being bad combo, it was very interesting after, again, bad combo being Rogue in pool play. So it set up a really nice semi final where would Rogue then, uh, yeah come back on top and then uh beat and go to another final or would bad combo continue that train and uh beat them again in the semi-final to go to the to the final and as we saw they ended up winning two really close games in 21 19 and 22 20 so it's the first yeah. time we've seen rogue now yeah take the l um this season i believe if i'm not mistaken their first
0: yeah loss. and they yeah like they lost and also they uh, went of course to the third place like the small final as the, as you can call it mm-hmm. and then losing it also against judgment day really close game either again 21 uh, 19 and 24 22 in favor of judgment day uh, which like spices up everything again like rogue looked really solid for the whole season and now we see the first major where they did not even get to the third place after we interviewed them is this a sign
1: Scotty. <laughs> tell us who you <laughs> who you want to bring on next week so then uh yeah <laughs> we, we're gonna <laughs> oh. we should now uh, start releasing all those it. reels of the quotes of ryan and thomas <laughs> of, of, of yeah. them being beat by uh will and, Rahul and uh and gabe and fred and <laughs> just play over their their, their quotes from last <laughs> week no but on a serious note i um you know it was inevitable i think yeah Um, especially with how much talent there is this year. Slightly surprising. um, But also, you know, with the amount of close games they've won these last few weeks and also the amount of three sets or three set wins they've they've won in the past few months, you can't really be surprised by them now dropping a few games to Bad Combo or Judgment Day. Yeah. So it It also
0: depends so much on, like, how is the day? How do you feel that they, like... How does everything work out for you on the mm-hmm. spot? And it's just if like if they' are a little bit off, the the competition is so high that anything can happen. So.
1: yeah, it, it does set up the championship really nicely with now there only being two challenges left before the championship at the end of September. It really does um, yeah, throw it up to anyone's game. I think Bad combo will now be looking at themselves and coming into form as the end, as the season ends, we're now just earning an automatic pro bid. Judgment Day beating Rogue, who, you know with the strong favorites coming into Columbus so they're going to fancy their chances and now if we move over to the other semi final where we had InSystem play against Judgment Day InSystem took it in 3 again close games with the third set going 25-23 in the favor of Etienne and Blake from Canada it just no. it just goes to show that yeah with so many great teams at this very stacked uh major i mean we're going to have games like this all day at the championship which is so so exciting from a spectator's view i hope they cover it really well so that people can follow it um but yeah because if we move on then to the final we then had an incredible final for first place where in system took it in three winning the first set 33 31 losing (laughs) the second set 21 16 and then winning the third set comfortably 21 15 like just this is
0: this the first win for in in system like first major win
1: first major win for sure it's not their first challenger win they won yeah. in Canada a few weeks ago but their first major win for sure and they've been a team like all season they've been like you know up there doing pretty well at the challenges uh been pretty decent at the major I think in Salt Lake City they got knocked out by Ryder and Matt in the semis if I'm not mistaken could have been quarters but I think it was semis so I mean they've been a team that's been like up there the whole year and I mean personally I'm very very high on on Blake I think he's unbelievable and take his taken his game to just completely another level this year backed by Etienne yeah. who's just a very solid all-round player and gets some great touches I think um, yeah I think they're gonna be really fun to watch at the championship too with them continue or progressively getting better as the season's gone on
0: yeah, and also if you if you have the last major win in your pocket you feel like very confident going into the championships mm-hmm. I feel Well, hopefully
1: it doesn't add to the pressure, right? It either goes two ways. You either feed into confidence, and it gives you confidence you can beat anybody and do really well at the championship, or you're now sort of put as slight favorites, and now you're expected maybe to come out on top in, in, in Philadelphia at the championship because, I mean, it's going to be a very similar field in Philadelphia than it was in Columbus. Just a couple more stacked teams, but in general, it was an incredibly stacked team with most of the teams have already gained a pro bid at Columbus. So it's going to be a very similar field um, at Philadelphia in a few month and a half time
0: yeah it's in October uh, beginning of October I think huh? Yeah.
1: end of September if I'm yeah. not mistaken
0: okay um, yeah System looked uh, very strong also the third place judgment day so we have the uh, podium with insistent bet combo and judgment day uh, I think not a lot of people would have bet that before but it worked out pretty nicely and now we have I feel like Rogue also kind of, um, yeah, I think they now have a little bit of pressure for the championships or they are hungry again because this is the first uh, non-top-three placement. And I feel like right before the championship starts, you want to get in there, train again, and just be really focused on championships. And it's really close. So I'm very excited to see it because now it feels more open than before because when rogue obviously took all the i mean at all but uh the most majors and now they had a performance which was also very good i mean this is a stack competition but still they made it to the fourth place and this is right before the championships so you know yeah. they're gonna get heated and it's gonna be a very very interesting championships this year
1: agreed and just to confirm the championship is on the 29th of september to the 1st of october so oh, yeah. we're both right in the end of the end of september and <laughs> early october um yes very interesting to see and that now brings us on to the women's side uh we had a decently sized division uh in columbus uh as a little side information I understood Mm -hmm. that there was 16 teams signed up for the Columbus major. And then I found out they wanted to not have any more teams because 16 was a nice number. And it was then very difficult for other women's teams to attend the event, which is a bit disappointing and a shame. Because, like, look at the previous majors. We had 11 in Salt Lake City and I think 16 in Philadelphia. I mean, that's pretty poor when you consider the amount of male athletes playing in both the... uh, premier division and the contender division there's like you know 120 teams 140 teams and yet we're having a 16 team woman division and we're struggling or we don't we're avoiding potentially having more women's teams like oh my gosh we need to be
0: weird decision weird decision to be honest
1: yeah you, you soon if, if if you have a 16 team women's division just because it's easy for numbers if you get other women's teams coming and wanting to play the tournament you like yes please i'll do anything and everything you want yeah. if if i get an odd number oh who cares like we're already a huge huge really poor ratio in round there, of the male to female athletes and if it continues to go this way it's you know it only continuously gets worse or the ratios yeah. continually like yeah get fur- further and further apart the longer we wait and do anything about this. And right now, even if you look at most of the major, I mean, Salt Lake City, like 50 contender teams, 50 premier teams, you know, that's 100 teams, 200 male athletes, 200 male athletes. And then on the opposite side, you have now 11 women's teams in women's advance. That's only 22 female athletes. So the ratio is 22 to around 200. I'm not even talking about the intermediate or advanced division if there was any. That's usually a bit more mixed between female and male. But let's just take the contender, premier and women's right now. And you mm-hmm. have a ratio of 22 to 200. That's a huge problem. And yeah. not only is that a huge problem, but that's also, that's going to be a huge problem for Sunday because how can you have mixed divisions? We've already seen challenges, especially in the US, not even have a mixed division on the Sunday because... There's just not enough women to be able to ha- compete and have a mixed division. The further we go down this like spectrum, or you know, further down this rabbit hole, the harder it's going to be to get more women involved. And you could you could argue maybe there was too much supply of events, there, and therefore the demand just supply and demand. It, it was just so much of a supply, and there just wasn't enough of a demand for the female athletes to have and have these challenges right now. Maybe. Just more, you know, events in their local organization was enough to help grow the scene and get more female athletes there. But good, there was opportunity still for female athletes to go to these big events. However, again, if you have sixteen teams signed up to a major and you're making it hard for a seventeenth team to come because you're worried on numbers, I mean, this this in my eyes pretty crazy. Like. Where it's such a struggle, yeah. and you can even see that on Sunday when like nobody's watching the mixed, just a yeah empty field with so, four players in the middle of the net. It hurts, like it just ugh. yes. It feels it feels so weird, and
0: especially for me because I'm used to also doing the co-ed streams for ETS events on Sundays, like everybody's there to chill, watch the games. Normally we have a huge crowd on Sunday, and seeing this empty field where we see only clark marshall in the background um i mean i love to see clark marshall don't get me wrong he's but like, it's like of
1: five people so he makes the crowd he's building numbers yeah
0: it's like i mean there's nobody where are the people is everybody gone already is mixed not a thing it's just co dying there it's just crazy and also i mean there are good players why i it's i just can't that
1: and, and, the, and the more it goes this way the more it's like people just you know don't even think too much about co-ed because of lack of players. Because again, 22 to 200 is an awful ratio. It means that now you can only have 22 teams in the co division, plus maybe a few intermediate or advanced players that we missed out earlier. But 22 to 200, you can only have 22 teams. Where do these other, you know, 178 male athletes go? They go home or they oh. stay and watch or they get someone to come with them next time so they can play co-ed on the Sunday. But it's just like, just a very the more we just neglect mixed on Sunday and sort of the women's division in general, the more it's going to become a problem because you know it's like a snowball effect. you know the males will only continue to grow because it's just going to get more friends and more people and more exposure, and then more people will see it and come and play, and our numbers will continue to grow if there's less exposure or not as much exposure on the woman's side because there's less athletes playing then the less it's going to snowball. It's like a small snowball trying to catch up with a huge snowball that's going downhill at 40 miles an hour. It's like, right. if we don't do as much about it now, the proportion of the snowball size is going to be just ridiculous and mixed isn't going to be a thing anymore, especially in the US with the way it's going. And that's a real shame because yeah. yeah. we're one of the few sports where we can have you know mixed gender play. Um, and it's actually a real unique and selling point of the sport to grow. And if we don't have that, it's yeah missed opportunity in my opinion yeah it's
0: also like it, it's also very fun to watch because it's it's a bit of a different game but you see also more rallies and a lot of things that are going on and yeah i can i can not really i can't really understand why it is it is this way i mean i'm also obviously never been to a us event before i'm planning to go to the championships and and you know see it for myself but yeah, it's just in the stream, it also looks very, very empty and that doesn't feel really good. I mean, just think about people joining in, seeing, hey, we want to see some round net, and first time look at it, the stream and stuff, and then they see a completely empty field and I don't know, it's not it's not nice to, to have this kind of situation where there are only four people, I mean, six people with the referees on the field and yeah.
1: Yeah. No, Just... indeed, indeed, yeah, one hundred percent. But moving on to the women's division, we did have twenty team women's division at uh, in Columbus, so we bumped up from the sixteen to the twenty, which was good to see. And it went away of which we expected with twins combining again and coming back out on top, winning in two, um, twenty one eighteen and twenty one nineteen versus Carahoy and Kayla Wu. Um, in regards to the field, the field was also pretty uh, stacked. And it was quite a lot of the teams that are now confirmed playing uh, at the championship, also at the events, with especially a lot of teams that will have enough points to be able to play together at the championship. Yeah. Um, but in third place, we then had uh, Sachi Patel with uh, Ali Foster, beating Kaylin Morgan and Julia Brochu, 21-18 uh, and 21-14. If I look across the whole Fuego, there wasn't really too many surprises um, with the higher seeds. It was really only every round.
0: True. There was only one um uh, there was only one game that went to set three, which is Fella Pearson against eleven to one. And they eleven to one won against Fella Pearson.
1: That is crazy. I'm also looking at the final Go now as well. And that was the only game of the whole bracket stage yeah. that went to three games. Crazy. Wow. And that was the only time also, I believe, in the bracket stage that the lower seed beat the higher seed.
0: Boom, there's the upset. <laughs> wow,
1: <laughs> the one and only. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, Twins
0: won it quite comfortable, uh, it looks like. And I think their bigger opponent for the championship is going to be Laura and Ronja. It's going to be so... European, I think. Uh, oh, or Tiramisu.
1: Tiramisu, I believe, are confirmed to going to the championship. So it'll also be interesting yes. to see them match up because I think... Um, Tiramisu offers something very different because of their they've just got so much athleticism. I think their yeah. style of play is very different to any other women's team I've played or I've even seen. Um, like, I think Lauda and Ronya will be very good. And of course, Lauda is incredibly talented individually, as well as Ronya. Um, and as a team, they will do very well. But I think uh, Tiramisu, I think I've said it before on this podcast, I think if Tiramisu play twins, my money's on Tiramisu. Um, I just think their style of play with so much power and athleticism, I think it will surprise a lot of people. Um, and I definitely think they have enough talent to be able to beat Twins if they are matched yeah, up against sure. each other in the championship.
0: Also, this was my dream matchup for the last season, actually. I was talking about it all season, <laughs> but it, it didn't happen. So Twins against Tiramisu. And now Tiramisu is, again, really strong. And I'm super happy happy to see them play hopefully play against twins mm-hmm. if they have a power pool it's very 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 potent like it's potentially going to happen yeah. already in the in the power pool and yeah i'm i'm happy i i will be there i will i will look at them and uh, i will have a good time
1: it comes back to me when we talked about before like rate of progression i think tiramisu have taken their game to another level this year yeah i think they were it really good. so much i remember two, two and a half years ago in prague indoors and with the men in the open division and they were Paul really good. Yeah, was... they had a great game. Yeah, with a... they had a good game with Jakob and Ravi um they get so
0: much tension from from this game i feel i i think they did have a lot of pressure also because the the video of it got viral i think a few million uh, mm-hmm. clicks on tiktok or instagram i'm not sure yep. and i feel like they did suffer a little bit from that because it so, was so much pressure on them but now in this season they look really strong again and I think they are now more completed, you know, more, more aware of how the people look at them and also how they work with this, this kind of pressure, because yep. if you have one time so much exposure on yourself through, through a video of your, of your game, it's of course, everybody's going to talk about you. And there's a lot of mental pressure involved with that. Mm-hmm. And I think they, they just grew, grew from that. And this season they're looking again, very strong.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, 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 and both Megan and Danny, they've both taken their individual games. Yeah, a huge, a huge step up from last year, in my opinion. So, yeah, it'll be really yeah. interesting to see. I think last year it would have been, I would have probably favored Twins for sure. Um, But this year with, yeah, seeing Tiramisu and their rate of progression, we still got a month until the uh, championship with, of course, Vienna being in between as well as the ETS championship. So I think uh, it's a lot more time as well for uh, Tiramisu to get more experience and then be really ready for that championship. It wouldn't surprise me if they cause some upset at the championship. Yes, that concludes the women's division from Columbus. I think just to mention quickly on a mixed, I mean, we're not going to give it a huge amount of time, but also because it's like, it just feels to me like it's just a bit of a, yeah, a bit of a side event to the whole thing. The Fuego wasn't updated until very late. It was hard to follow the stream. There wasn't yeah. many people watching. Um, but Did you see when... how many people were watching? Just on a side note? Well, yeah, when I was tuning into the stream, I couldn't see... Oh, I didn't know who was watching. I didn't see the live counter art. I mean, nobody was there in person. But I didn't see personally yeah. how many people were watching the stream live at the same time. I only tuned in a couple of times. Um, but yeah, in, in conclusion for the Mixed Division, we did have... Um, Rahul Murphy and Olivia Jenke winning two over Ali Jenki and Joe Bondi in the final, uh, with also having in third place, we had Ryan Marino um, playing with Sachi Patel and winning in three versus Pinto of Ryan Gross and Cara Hoy, which is a nice result. It's good to see Ryan play with Sachi again after they had played quite a few events together last year, I believe. Um, And in regards to that, we didn't have too many surprises. Again, building up to the bracket, we had the six seed beat the three seed with uh, Ali Jenke and Joe Bondi beat Matt Cole and Ali Foster in two in the quarters. Um, But not too many surprises in general. Yeah,
0: yeah. I have nothing to add to (laughs) that.
1: I think I want to end the episode on a slightly different topic. We talked quite a lot about the championship coming at the end of September. Um and we also have the European Championships coming up in the beginning of September. We also have ETS Vienna coming up this weekend. So a lot of things still coming up in the coming weeks, which we're excited to preview and talk about. However, I want to talk about a slightly bigger topic. Uh, with the Worlds being next year, 2024, uh, late August, early September in London, England. And I don't know what you think, tops. I know you have got the premier spike set now and you've played around with the ball um yes this is this Um, is how i look at it and you can feel free to add and give me your your opinion mm -hmm. um yeah right now i irf the international round federation have quite a bit of a problem on their hands because in my opinion the premier spike set is far by far superior to the spike ball pro set with it not moving easy to set up more consistent net tension if in, my, in my opinion it's a, is a much superior set to the pro net however mm. the ball that comes with it i don't know the specific size and diameter but it feels slightly smaller than a normal spike ball pro ball and although it does have a nice feeling and texture to it it is slightly heavier than a spike ball pro ball so yep. in my opinion because it is different it now begs the question of athletes do you now use near spike balls because that was what potentially will be used at worlds or you stick with spike ball and spike ball will, you know, be the manufacturer for worlds. Like for me, it's just a bit of a mess because the best spike ball in my opinion is still the best ball in the sport. Now, are they consistent? And do you get that very often? No, but the best spike ball ball pro ball that they can produce is the best ball in my opinion. Again, this is just subjective opinion for me and it'd be interesting to see what more people think.
0: I want to add something there. I feel like the Pro Bowl from Spikeball is either the best one in the game or terrible. So there are only two of these phases. You know, you have this messy um, material where it's just dying in your hand when you get a set or something like that. Or you have a very, very well-made ball that is bouncing off just perfectly right and feels so good in your hand. And then in the middle of that, you have this Premier Ball that... It's not bad in my opinion, but it's still different. It's heavier. It's a little bit small, in my opinion. Also, when I got the set, it was like the pressure was really high on the ball. I had to release a little bit of air. And then it was notable smaller in the hands as the the spike ball pro ball. And now you have, again, this situation. Of course, people trained a lot on pro sets and are very used to the exact size of the pro balls from spike ball and then when you have a new supplier it shouldn't change the game it's just if you have a football it's always kind of the same football and you play with it the whole tournament well, as have...
1: a Nike symbol or Adidas symbol it doesn't make a difference
0: yeah I mean that of course the it's a little bit different you have different structure you have different uh, mm-hmm. symbols and then all those yeah, things yeah, yeah. but the basic football or soccer ball mm-hmm. is the same thing but with the premier set ball and the uh, pro ball from spike Bowl, it is very different. And now we have the situation that, again, people like... I, I, I took it with me on our club training and also on some pickups. I mean, I didn't test it too much yet, but we had some games on it and people still would say, hey, uh, the set is great, but let's play with uh, spike Bowl pro ball. Mm-hmm. And that's not... The situation you want as a supplier and that's not the situation you want as a community and for the sport because if we have another set that is really comparable that can make a difference in the sport and also get some competition some well needed competition into our game then you want also the full thing in there not only the set because the set is great we can like there's not a lot of things that I would I would critique on the set but the ball is just not to the standard of the of the set, and that just feels a bit off, to be honest. Yeah. And that's gonna be a very good question for Worlds because are we in the situation that we will have at Worlds a premier set spike, a premier a premier spike um, set, and a, like a spike ball pro Bowl? That would look weird. That would be really weird, like.
1: Indeed. Yeah, then it's, it begs the question of if now Spike will bring out a set for Worlds next year, but no, we know that's not going to be possible because they've already now invested a lot in the Mammoth set, whether it's not going to be ready for next season. and still needs a lot of testing and probably some tweaks for it to be ready in the long-term future if that is the yeah. route we go, which we've talked about more in previous episodes. Or do we now go to Premier Spike and use their sets, which is a superior set currently, but it doesn't give the athletes the potentially the best ball for the sport. So it's like you're having to now make yeah, you're now having to now make some some yeah drawbacks um when in the perfect world you want the best spike ball pro ball and the premier spike net right now. I'm a bigger picture guy, right? So just because we're in this situation right now, I'd still prefer like long-term consistency and working towards long-term consistency so the IRF can come and say, hey this is the measurements that the ball needs to be. This is the measurements that the net needs to be. Like, we can't be having some things that are different unless we all are testing it to work away way for a better future. But right now, yeah. it's a real shame that it, the Premier, Premier Spike has sort of put the IRF in a position now where they're going to have to either choose between the best set or the best ball because you can't get the best of both worlds. And again, this is just our subjective opinion. Maybe some of you guys have gone home and you've got the Premier Spike ball and you, you really enjoy it and you like it and maybe that's just the way it will go and maybe the irf the irf might say hey we're going to use premier spike sets and get used to their balls and use them for 2024 or they're going to say early and say hey no we're going to use the spike ball sets and people will continue to use Pro balls, and therefore premier spike will lose quite a bit of steam because yeah. people aren't going to buy their sets or they may buy their sets to then use the spike ball balls on them so it's a bit like it's just disappointing right also- because yeah,
0: If if you see people, if you, they post reels, if they post videos and they do some mm-hmm. social media content, which is of course free content and free advertisement for their companies, you yeah. don't want to see them play with a, a spike ball pro ball on a premier set. It yeah. just doesn't add up. Like if you have a set and if you have your own balls, you want to see them use your product. You yeah. see? Also from their point of view, of course, it would be like not a good sign to have them on worlds playing with the Premier spike set, and then have the pro the pro balls from Spikeball ball on it, because also that raises raises the question like why why do they not play with the with their balls like <clears throat> yeah I don't know just I I thought like if the balls come out and they they are solid it's just a no brainer like yeah we have competition now like everything can grow everything like yeah. with more competition it's just better for us consumers. But I feel like those balls are not the, the competition that we search for, or like, I don't know, maybe there are some balls out there that are better. I also talked uh, with some guys from our community and they said they had different balls from from Premier Spike. I mean, also from the new sets, but they were a little bit bigger or something like that. But if we have this situation, if this is really true, I can confirm, then we have already the problem with consistency. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And
1: I think that's um, yeah my, my my overall hope my overall hope is that what well, first of all it's a little bit of a shame that that Premier Spike brought out this ball like you must have known that the balls was slightly heavier slightly smaller which then is then going to cause some people to maybe have a a preference because if they just created it as good as the best pro ball we wouldn't be having this conversation and we'd all pretty much yeah. be confident that premier spike will be used for the world's 2024 in my opinion however with now the ball being not as good as the best pro ball it now puts people in a position of separation Whether you either go pro spike ball on a premier spike set or they go spike ball set and just spike ball pro ball and then they just neglect premier spike which has been a great initiative and it's good competition for the sport for me it would have maybe yeah it would have been maybe nicer to see premier spike maybe not come out with a ball at all just let the set sail or let the set get sales. Get everyone used to this set where they're using Spikeball Pro Balls on it, and then do enough research and testing to either come up and make sure your ball is as good as the best Spikeball Pro Ball out on the market and it's consistent. Therefore, you know, it would absolutely it would win the majority of most people and consumers over because people want consistency. Or you invest that time, effort, and money into creating a new long term ball for the sport whether that be now creating balls such as the rally ball that Spike brought out with the new standard set that was a really nice size and maybe, you know, giving out balls of different size, giving it to top pro players and maybe even their sponsoring and then just give uh, the opportunity for people to test which ball would be best for 2024, then mass produce it and then sell them. And then now we've got a new ball and a new set and people have already been playing on this set. So it's an easy transition. You yeah. know, for me, that might have been a better way because now all this money has got into a ball that's not superior, but the net is by far superior. But the ball is not superior, and now you're you're causing a divide in the round net community of do we play on the best spikeball pro ball with premier spikes net, or do we play on a yeah swipe ball pro set and we just leave premier spike um, because you know, the ball is so important to the sport.
0: Yeah, I'm just really afraid that if uh, like the the if the balls um are not good people will not buy the set and then they will get in trouble financially of course they want to sell they have a loan and stuff but i feel like it would be so great if we could not have this conversation and the ball were just right if they would be just a little bit off it would be okay for me but how they are now i feel like they're not comparable to the to the pro balls yeah, it's just for it's my enough difference. for now, for now. But
1: our subjective differences. It's enough difference to cause to cause a slight divide of people to say, OK, but you, you don't pick up a spike ball and a, and a premier spike ball and think this is the same ball. There's enough of a difference subjectively yeah. from both our points. And you guys feel free to test and obviously get more people's opinions. But from our subjective opinion, it does feel like there's enough of a difference where people are then going to choose a preference. And if that preference is a spike ball pro ball and not a premier spike ball, it's a real shame again it causes a potential divide and problem for you know for pretty much everybody including the rf for world 2024 which sets the tone for the season next year which set and which ball we're going to use um but hey there's also a long off season you know maybe some things are already in the works and maybe in the off season you know new things might come to light for this 2024 yeah. season. Um, maybe
0: there's like coming a pro ball from premier spike or something like that i mean it would be kind of weird to not give it into the package if you already have them or work on them but yeah everything is possible we hope for the best
1: yes and with that i think it's time to consider so 21 of that round it podcast thank you all for listening make sure to check us out on instagram facebook uh YouTube. spotify um twitch <laughs> no twitch tops on twitch and yes. uh we look forward to seeing you guys next week where we will be inviting a guest on and talking about some of the topics from last week as well as some additional topics that's happening in the world around us. see you guys next week
0: thank you so much for listening see you